Hey everybody, Francesca here reminding you that I will be in Sacramento at the SAC Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with none other than Matt Lieb. That's right, we are co-headlining. It'll be super fun. It is St. Patrick's Day, so I guess we're all drinking, maybe? Anyway, get your tickets. There should be a link in this description, and I hope to see you there. I swear to God, I think he thinks they they meant IUD. I think that's I what think it was. He did. Yeah, I, I think that's what it was. <laughs> okay, it was okay. Like, yeah, no, get rid of it. It's promiscuous sex. He's like, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like I support the IDF. You know what they need to do, <laughs> right. and they need to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Habituation Room Podcast live stream. Thank you so much for being here. We are going to be talking about uh, the founder of Libs of TikTok. If you don't know who that is, oh man, you're about to get your cherry popped. The one you were hoping that you would just keep intact forever, which is knowing about the most cretinous of our humankind and makes you feel like, you know what? Maybe walruses should just rule the earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, are we better than a walrus? No. Okay. They're actually doing real things. They're sinking yachts. All right. What have you done? Um, this is a pro sinking yacht show. Uh, I am Francesca Fiorentini. So happy to have you here. We're going to talk about so many things. Lance of the Surfs is here for the very first time. So excited to uh, have him on for the show. We will be talking about Libs of TikTok founder Chaya Rychik. We're also going to be talking about uh, Air Force Service member Aaron Bushnell, who self-immolated in protest of the genocide in Gaza. Um, just an incredible story, and uh, we'll dig into all of that uh, and the media's coverage of it, or sort of um, lack thereof. Uh, we're also going to be talking um, for our interview uh, with Moji Alawod L. And I hope I'm pronouncing uh, her name right. But Moji it works with Abortion AF um, and co-hosts the podcast Feminist Buzzkills. They follow all kinds of, and they have been doing work around uh, anti-abortion psychos. They consistently counter-protest them. They've also been doing incredible uh, clinic support work and just broadly um, keeping us all up to date with the latest in the fight for reproductive rights. So if you don't know abortion AF, obviously uh, Liz Winstead, who's been on this show, um, has, is also a, is the founder of it and um, co-host Feminist Buzzkill. Super glad that Moji's on today because we're going to be talking about the Alabama Supreme Court ruling and IVF and what all of this means and, and how abortion rights are playing into, of course, the election. So Stick around for that. And then finally, honoring those of us who failed to honor Black History Month uh, or who forgot how, and um, especially when it comes to uh, just not being racist for like a month. Just try it. Uh, presidential candidate, presidential hopeful, Donald Trump uh, had some things to say in front of a bunch of Black conservatives, and we will dig into that. And explicitly the, oh God, the hoops being made, or the excuses being made and the hoops being jumped through to make excuses for that POS. But if you are here right now, let's get into it. Doing the things, okay? We're liking the stream. We're sharing the stream. We're subscribing if we're not subscribed. We are 
leaving a five-star review on whatever podcast app you are listening to this with. Um, and remember that the best way to support this show, yes, become a member on YouTube. Yes, become a member on Twitch. But patreon.com slash bituation room is where it's at. Um, that is where we get the best little split skis, just like financially, you know. Um, and you support this up until now ad-free show, but you get the show ad-free. So that's number one. You get discounts on merch, 20% off all merch, bituationroom.com, uh, stickers, t-shirts, tote bags, requests for mugs and franny packs coming, discounts on the American Prospect magazine and access to the AMA, which I'm doing for the first time in months tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Got great questions there. Um, so send them to bitiation at gmail.com or reply on YouTube, or if you're a patron, we got a whole little community chat happening. It's very fun. Um, if you want to tip the show, TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App, and remember, I'm going to be live in Sacramento with my husband, uh, Matt Lieb. Yes, it's a wild night out with my husband. Um, <laughs> we're going to be doing stand-up at the uh, Sacramento Punchline, so get tickets March 17th at 7 p.m., and no, my voice is not fully healed. And yes, I'm still going through puberty. <clears throat> I feel like I'm at the, t I'm like a, I feel like I'm solidly 15 today. So, you know, getting older, growing up. And with that, let's get into it. This is What Are You Bitching About? So I'm bitching about something that I think I've spoken about on the show before, but it has been put into very stark terms by two stories that broke this week, um, which is the media coverage of Israel's assault on the people of Gaza, the Palestinian people. And I think one of the biggest stories coming out of this genocide, uh, other than oh my God, it's a genocide in front of our eyes and no, we're not stopping it. No, the Biden administration is completely not serious about stopping it. Just watched a, a presser with uh, John Kirby today. They have no idea how they're going to prevent an attack on Rafa. They have literally no clue. Um, no closer to any ceasefire agreements, despite whatever Biden has said with an ice cream cone in his hand. However, the biggest story other than that is the way that depending on who you are and what media you watch or listen to, depending on whether you're on TikTok, whether you're on Twitch, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on Instagram, versus if you are a loyal MSNBC or mainstream media CNN news watcher, it will drastically impact how you think about this war. One of these platforms, social media platforms, are giving us direct on the ground heinous images that we cannot get out of our brains every single day. And the other is a very buttoned up, incredibly skewed, pro-Israel um, like account, a very elitist, out of touch, sanitized account of what is actually a genocide. And largely the divide is generational, right? If you think that Israel's in the right, you might just be old. You might also be a Zionist. You might be Joe Biden. Um, but this is going to have ramifications on our generations for year, generations to come, right? So many years to come. We will remember how the mainstream news would not show us these images, did not actually listen to the people on the ground, did take, you know, uh, pre presidents from Israel and prime ministers and spokespeople at their word and at face value and did not actually platform 
some of the people who are living through this genocide as we speak. And to that end, The Intercept and Adam Johnson, who's been on this program before, did a study of the way that the media has been covering uh, Gaza and sees, and this is a graph, and if you're listening, it is a graph that shows the amounts of casualties, the number of dead Palestinians as it rises and rises and rises, right? And then a correlation to how many times it is mentioned by mainstream outlets. I believe they looked at NBC, New York Times, um, and the LA Times. So so I believe it was mostly print media. So there's a there's basically fewer mentions of Palestinians dead as more Palestinians are killed. On top of that, what kind of language are we seeing, right? On social media, we might talk about genocide. We might talk about uh, assaults on Gaza. We might not talk about it as a war, right? When you look and you see mainstream news outlets, what Johnson has found is that words like slaughter, massacre, and horrific were disproportionately used to describe Israeli deaths. So you have this matchup between the LA Times, New York Times, oh, Washington Post was the additional one, excuse me. And you have like 60 uses of the word slaughter to one use of the word slaughter when it comes to Palestinians. 38 uses of the word horrific four uses of the word horrific to describe the killing of Palestinians, 120 uh, times using the word massacre in relation to Israelis, but four times using to Palestinians. I mean, we're not even talking about the the G word here, of course, and you know you're not going to be seeing genocide being thrown around um, without like some of these crazy young people think it's a genocide. Um, Also nations like South Africa. But so that I think is what I'm bitching about, but in relationship to that, in addition to that, we now know that one of the so-called journalists who was responsible for this critical news coverage in the New York, for the New York Times um, actually might be a little more biased than we all thought. Um, so we have talked about the New York Times as like embedded bias in the ways, obviously, they humanize Israelis more than Palestinians. But there's this woman, I, I think her name is Anat Schwartz. Um, I'm sorry about her first name, but her last name is Schwartz. And she began reporting for the Times in November. Her stories focused on Israel's response to the October 7th attacks. Her most prominent piece was bylined, a co-bylined article detailing the sexual violence allegedly committed by Hamas during the raids. The story draw, drew international criticism from staffers and led the Times to pull an episode of the Daily Podcast on the original story according to The Intercept. So again, remember this is when there were like these incredible accounts supposedly of mass rape and how Hamas uses mass rape um, as a weapon of war. And Schwartz was one of the authors on this. Well, the Daily didn't, they scrapped their episode about this particular, about this idea of mass rapes because they actually couldn't corroborate some of what had been already reported on. Then the Times does another piece actually saying that, okay, out of the six witnesses half of them are pretty like shoddy and there aren't there isn't any forensic evidence we've talked about how little forensic evidence was cut was actually culled in the wake of October 7th I'm not saying it didn't happen but there are a lot of holes in the mass rapes story that the New York Times peddled and Schwartz was one of the people that peddled them but on top of that there's now been reporting and the New York Times is looking into it that Schwartz was liking tweets on Twitter that were incredibly anti-Palestinian, Islamophobic, awful. 
Uh, her most egregious light came from a post by David Verheim, who wrote shortly after October 7th that should Hamas not return the hostages to Israel, Israel should turn the Gaza Strip into a slaughterhouse. According to an auto translation of the Hebrew Post, Verheim also advocated for Israel to, quote, violate any norm on the way to victory. Well, they have, buddy. So, again, we've spoken on this show on our bonus episodes uh, about the Zaka group. We also spoke about the editor of the New York Times, Joe Kahn, um, who's the son of Leo Kahn, who was on the board of an organization called Camera that deliberately polices mainstream news outlets for the kinds of coverage that they give to Israel-Palestine and making sure they never paint Palestinians in a humanizing light, that they are con they always have a pro-Israel bent. So, we're going to talk more about the Zaka group, a good friend, Arun Gupta, a journalist who's been on the show. He's doing a, a multi-part investigation into the Zaka group. Again, the first responders on the scene of October 7th. But there you have it. We have reason to not believe mainstream news. We have reason to believe they're not just biased, Islamophobic. Um, they don't just call Palestinian death tragic, but they ultimately hire people that, holy shit. If the shoe were on the other foot, guys, and it was someone who was like a Palestinian or pro-Palestinian author who was liking tweets about, I don't know, white, even if it were just like some lightweight stuff, those people have already been fired. So just incredible. And uh, we will see what happens with Schwartz. Before I bring my guest in, guys, very excited, very exciting to, uh, to announce one of our first advertisers on the Bituation Room ever. We're talking five years into this. Five years in, one of our first advertisers, Sunset Lake CBD. That's right, people. Yes. Uh, hell yeah. This was so wonderful. Sunset Lake CBD um, is a Vermont-based, vertically integrated farm that grows, harvests, processes, and ships all of its organic, pesticide-free craft CBD products, tinctures, gummies, smokables, fudge, coffee, because apparently if you drink coffee, but you get like two buzz CBD, mellows you out. Um, also salve. Um, so like you guys know, I have like major shoulder and arm pain. So I've been using the salve and I've been using the tinctures for like, I think since for about a year now. And let me tell you as someone, and I've said this before, massive anxiety before I go to sleep, cannot fall asleep, uh, started happening around the pandemic motherhood made it way worse and it could persist until now but i rely on sunset lake cbd specifically um the good night oil which just dropped y'all good night oil has cbd and cbn which is basically old thc <laughs> i don't mean to say that bad and it's incredible it's like zero i used to be a stoner but like it's like zero psychotropic so like there's no psychoactive psychotropic i don't know what it is I'm crushing this ad read. Um, there's no like psychoactive properties. It's just incredibly calming. And it's, if you guys have tried natural sleep remedies, there's always, it's always like, oh, this one helps your body and this one helps your mind. CBD truly helps both. Um, and this good night oil, I'm telling you, is wonderful. Also, Matt Lieb started taking the Focus Functional Mushroom CBD gummies that has like lion's mane and cordyceps which I guess doesn't turn you into one of the zombies from The Last of Us. And he was like immediately calm, but could also work. 
my dude chews nicotine gum. Okay. Like, and he was like, oh, th these are good. These are really good. So sunsetlakecbd.com use coupon code FRANTIFA. That's right. F-R-A-N-T-I-F-A -A, at the checkout for a 20% off discount. You also get discounts if you subscribe. I'm telling you y'all, the, the company's good. The product is good. And also they donate like tens of thousands of dollars to Planned Parenthood, um, an organization called Give Directly that puts money directly in the pockets of people suffering poverty. Just excellent all around. Sunset Lake CBD, coupon code Frantifa. So happy that you guys are with us. And with that, let me bring in for the rest of the show, host of the YouTube channel, Twitch stream and podcast and media venture, The Surfs. Please welcome Lance. Lance. So much. Lance. You, you rock that out. Well done. Oh, thank you. Um, Lance, tell me about yourself. Who are you? Uh, I'm, well, first and foremost, very happy to be in a safe space because you've pledged uh, loyalty to our walrus overlords. So that's good. <laughs> I was a little worried about that, but all hail walrus. Uh, we're, we're team walrus around my part, so I'm glad. Really? Yeah. I didn't just, so I like happened to name the mammal that no, no, I'm being silly. <laughs> I okay. Think, I think you meant. I think you meant to say orcas. It's the orcas that are taking down yachts right now, isn't it? Okay, uh, but there was also doing it. Well, like a couple years ago, there was a walrus who did like get uh, murdered, um, extrajudicial oh. killing. But yeah, he was like, or she, I forgot. Um, they were sitting on a bunch of yachts, I think, in Norway, and oh, okay. uh, would not leave. Yeah, it was fun. This was, I think, that walrus inspired the rest of the sea creatures, but. Oh, okay. Fair enough. All right. Um, so so yeah. you're in a safe space, but you also have the surfs and you've been running this stream for how long? Uh, the show as it is now, I think probably like, I want to say like three or four years, but I uh, started out like uh, most uh, worthless humans as a podcaster and then uh, was doing podcasting to YouTubing and then uh, made some YouTube documentaries on uh, Joe Rogan before that was a thing. I was one of the first to ever call him uh, uh, a poo-poo. And then- uh, <laughs> Ooh, a poo-poo. I, I, I went hard. What can I say? You know, just uh, uh, right out of the gates. But my channel got taken down. And then when our channels got taken down, it strides and affected us because we got our YouTubes deleted. And then Majority Report and all these other big names were like, oh, this is pretty sad. The surfs, you should go check them out. And then YouTube reversed it. And then we've been kind of, I don't know, successful ever since kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you just created drama for yourself. I see how you like manufactured <laughs> your success. <laughs> I wish I planned that out. I'd feel so much smarter because like I was gutted. <laughs> I, 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 when I woke up and I, I didn't know like YouTube would do that. I didn't have any warnings. There wasn't anything. It was just like, your channel has been deleted. I was like, wait, what? Like, oh, God. like you got no, no recourse, no, nothing you can do about it. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty messed up. But I think they're getting better. You can't just like mass flag as easily anymore, but yeah. Well, I know I did just say the word, like the letter CBD together and over mm. and over again. And so we'll see if I get demonetized for that. So, okay. So, and so you're here now and now you're in my space which I hope is safe for you, but it will be even better if you tell us what you're bitching about on this fine Tuesday. What am I bitching about? Uh, today I've been bitching about ice 
cream and uh you know the the president mr brandon and his uh his appearance on Seth Meyers. yeah well i i know the the ice cream thing is getting a lot of press right now because like obviously it's just a very surreal moment like i really liked your the way you were describing what's going on in terms of, like reporting and manufacturing consent and stuff like that because it is just utterly bizarre sometimes like the black mirror of it all to be staring you know at what is like the president eating i don't know probably like a keto raisin or some weird flavor and, and then as he's do as he's doing that like as he's like the thing he's like he's talking about a ceasefire about an ongoing genocide and and it, like there's such a disconnect you know where it just feels surreal a lot of the time like is this, is this yeah. real life is this happening right now um, yeah he was he was eating about to about to take a bite i mean you know he had like the bad dream i always have do you ever have dreams where you're like about to eat a delicious thing um and as soon as you like are open your mouth like you wake up from your dream and you're like damn it you know or like something happens interrupted or, or that happened to him exciting. yeah like, that happened to him but like genocide where like he you know tried true. to enjoy some ice cream but yeah he he it is such dissonance because he's campaigning right now and so he's got to make all the uh the down home stop pit stops and uh and then, then there's this massive massacre occurring at the same time. And like I said, John Kirby today in a White House presser, like no follow-up on that promise that Biden said to the reporter as he was about to eat his ice cream that there would be a ceasefire in a week, basically. <laughs> Nothing. Like Kirby was like, I don't know. You know, the president says stuff. You know, I'm not prepared to say. Then they said, is there an exit plan for the millions of people who are trapped in Rafa? Haven't seen one. Nope, we haven't. I mean, I we we try. I don't. I, it, and you're just like, have you guys? How have you guys not gotten better at this? You know, either yeah, lying or it trying to stop the death. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of people say that you can't, like, what, what can the president really do? And I was like, well, I mean, he does have, and Trump kind of showed this, the largest access to media, I think, of any human being on the planet. Like, he can literally just say, I want to say a word now, and then all these cameras will show up, and then they'll broadcast them on TV for free. So at any point, he has the power. I'm serious. Like, even if he doesn't want to pass legislation, my hands are tied. Congress, I, I can only bypass them when I send weapons. But if that's the case, fine. You can go on a camera any single day, and everyone will listen to you, and you can say, ceasefire now, or, or the United States is demanding to cease fire anything you know remotely close but that notwithstanding like him i i i was obviously just kind of upset about the, the ice cream thing because there was no details like you said there's no like hey this this is going to be a temporary ceasefire for again hostage exchange uh, you know right. uh, maybe food or, or aid i then saw this morning the interview that he'd done on seth myers where he's saying that i'm a zionist and that uh you know if there if Israel didn't exist there would be no safe place in the world for jews to be which again as the president of the united states like i know i don't know if this is controversial but i think jews should be safe everywhere or anywhere the same thing with palestinians right like just i, I know spicy takes when when i get onto to the show but like <laughs> Shouldn't that be what you advocate for? I think all people should be safe everywhere. Like that's not, it's not, it's not like you know we have to have. Like I, I distinctly didn't want to see the president talk about necessity for an ethno state or an apartheid state in order to say that this is how Jewish people will be safe. I think that's say like, it's deeply fucked up. So this. tell me because we haven't pulled the clip, yeah. but tell me that he he reiterated what he's been saying. So no movement on that. Just even though he incurred a tons of I, criticism when he first said that he said that to seth myers yet again yeah that's well that's the clip that's coming out i don't know the timeline between if seth myers and the ice cream thing is filmed before they did their interview but that's like now that clip is pretty much circulating today um 
yeah, I, like it's the that speech you gave at the start. It, it, I think a lot of people are having this moment, and the Democrats and the Democratic Party don't recognize this disconnect between not just young people, but just people who are now ingesting information online as opposed to constantly just like like take the second Iraq war. I I don't know if you're as old as I am. Like I'm really really old. I I was like you know oh I'm politically- old. Okay, I was I was politically activated around then. Let's say like I was I was you know involved. Yeah. I was protesting and stuff like that. And what you got on television compared to what was actually happening was worlds different than right now. Every day it would be like CNN and someone with a microphone just being like, "Our brave soldiers, look here and like here they are waiting." And like you never saw death, uh, body parts exploding, dead babies. You never you never saw this, right? And now kids every day when you log onto the internet or you just go and buy a computer, just all you see in. in like 4k broadcast to you it's just like, it's collectively making everybody like unbelievably sad and depressed and, and hopeless and all that kind of feeling yeah. and they don't recognize this disconnect that you know the manufacturing consent moment of a lot of people where it's like they're lying to us like they're yes. the the version of events that they're saying out loud is not what i see with my own eyes every yeah. day and keep doing this like well we're, we're using strong language and uh did you know that the president called him uh i believe an ass or an asshole in private so there's that you know, be, be excited. Like I, yeah, I mean, exactly. But people, I feel like he, they say that almost, he said that like as a buddy. <laughs> he's an asshole. Here, have some more weapons. Right? You know, hey, this yeah. guy, <laughs> he's an asshole. He roofies I'll, women. Uh, Here, here's here's roofies. I'll, I'll bypass Congress for that asshole. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, and, and I think that to your point about, you know, being radicalized by this moment and young people specifically like imagine if when we were marching against the iraq war we were like intently following you know teens in baghdad streaming as like american missiles rain down on their homes and communities as like u.s service members like like bust down their doors like terrified in the like we would have I, I, I like I can't imagine what that would have done to our brains like and I had been organizing for months ahead of the actual invasion, you know, trying to humanize Iraqis trying to get and it's like and we didn't have the live streams, the videos, the Instagram and whatnot then and it's just like, so it's amazing because you are waiting for the moment for like you know, everyone I was saying this on leftist mafia, which I was on that you, you are part of as well that like. Everyone loves to, you know, be like, what are the kids into? Like, oh, my God, what conversations are they having? And then when it's like, oh, no, we're having the conversation about, like, occupation and colonialism. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. oh, we don't, we don't want to have that conversation. Let's not. <laughs> it's let's, complicated. I hope they let's know talk about, like, middle parts and, like, uh, bringing back, like, uh, you know, bootcut jeans or whatever the fuck they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. But we, let's get into it. Uh, so much happened this week. Uh, only two things that we're going to shake down out of this treaty. Right now, this is the week where. So speaking of this moment, radicalizing young people, um, this was the week where 25 year old Air Force service member Aaron Bushnell of San Antonio, Texas, lit himself on fire outside of the Israeli embassy in D.C. in protest of the U.S.'s complicity in genocide. Um, I do not want to show the video but I will explain and we'll talk about what happened. So this is Aaron, um, a photo of him. um, And this is what happened. He live streamed himself actually on Twitch and he begins by introducing himself. He says, my name is Aaron Bushnell. I'm an active duty member of the U S air force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide about to engage in in an extreme act of protest. But compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, 
it's not extreme at all. This is what our ruling class has decided will be normal. Um, the video shows Aaron continuing to film as he walks to the gate of the Israeli embassy in D.C., puts down his phone, douses himself in a flammable liquid and sets himself alight, shouting free Palestine several times. After he collapses, police officers who had been watching the situation unfold run into the frame, one with a fire extinguisher and another with a gun. The officer continues pointing the gun at Aaron for over 30 seconds as Aaron lies on the ground burning. And this is a photo. Uh, there's It's blurred out. But this is the officer just pointing a gun at a man just completely engulfed in flames. Ridiculous. Like, what? Are, like, okay, we can put that. We can put that reaction aside. But more about Aaron. Um, this is what he wrote on Facebook. Uh, just hours before he wrote, many of us ask ourselves, what would I do if I was alive during slavery or the Jim Crow South or apartheid? What would I do if my country was committing genocide? The answer is you're doing it right now. Um, Lance, you're I mean, I don't mean to kick it to you immediately, but but what were your thoughts when you when you saw this story break? Um, I saw probably like the series of the most cruel and worst takes appear immediately right after mm. the story it was like an ongoing story, especially online. And then I didn't think that this would be something immediately that would be weaponized the next day. I mean, I should, it's pretty typical to see people being like, well, now the left has lost their minds. They're advocating for people to do this or encouraging this, or this is them encouraging people to commit self-harm or anything of that nature. And that's utterly absurd. First off, I think it's doing a huge disservice to someone who made a very clear statement, right? That this was, this is the reason I'm doing this action. I'm going to say this, I'm going to live stream it so no one can deny this is the reason why I'm doing this. And I'm going to scream words out loud as I'm doing this act, right? Because mm -hmm. this act is so horrifying, that's why people are reacting in the way they did to it, right? It's not to celebrate anyone causing self-harm or hurting themselves or bringing themselves alive. That's not the purpose. It's like, this is so shocking and striking. It's why it's been done as a form of protest before, as an extreme form of protest. Yes. And yes, certainly, I'm sure every single person uh, in your audience knows that, like, if you are having troubles with mental health or stuff like that, please uh, access the multiple resources in your city, town, or area that you have access to. You know, me in Canada, there's there's phone numbers that you can access to, uh, and and please go do that. But that conversation never comes up in regards to uh, other examples. Like people pulled up Jeet here, pulled up a picture of Hillary Clinton holding up a photo of a 16 year old burnt themselves lives in protest but that was for a different conflict there's of course the person who did it uh to protest the vietnam war and there was no like immediate well we should be talking about mental health and whether or not we're celebrating people right this, nobody know, told the, right? the buddhist monk who they he was protesting the treatment of buddhists in in vietnam ticked quang duck in 1963 in that incredible photo of him no one was like oh he was just mentally disturbed he was a monk the most like arguably mentally secure and sound dude meditates all day you know like that's the deal and he was like no this is a protest or anything he like that apparently was like it was jaw-dropping to people to witness and that like they couldn't believe he just he stood there completely like without any kind of signs of pain or stuff i'm like that right is obviously a level of uh i don't know even i don't even know what's going on there that's all I can do. of sacrifice right and i think that is what's really important like when i saw this story i think two things i did i do feel like he made an incredible point. I don't know if I would call him a hero because I don't, again, there is something about like valorizing like this. I, I'm not, it's not bad to valorize it, but you know, he did something incredibly courageous and kill. He died for this cause. 
That's what he did. You know, and so that's my first instinct that he's courageous. And my second instinct is I hope that we that number one, that it breaks through. And number two, that also that we can we can move this, I think, past the point of desperation and into a point of action, meaning and and I know, look, this is I'm not going to judge his particular action, but I do want for for all of us to actually figure the hell out how we turn this into a movement inside the armed forces, outside of the armed forces, like to actually bring about an end to this genocide, you know? So, so again, my, mine isn't, I'm not scolding nor valorizing anyone. Um, but I do think what he did was incredibly brave and it did break through mainstream media did have to cover it. And that was also thanks to an independent journalist, Talia Jane, who ripped the video before it had a chance to be taken down by Twitch. Um, and then it was covered. Here's uh, Andrea Mitchell. And again, sort of in the same breath, immediately talking about, you know, mental health. So take a look. Hey, everyone. I wanted to take a moment to let you know about Factor Meals. I'm not sure if you've heard about Factor Meals, but let me explain. Factor are meals delivered to your door that are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Now, this is really important if you're a parent like me and sometimes you don't know what you're having for lunch or dinner or whether or not the baby's going to throw a fit in the middle of a restaurant so you need to like eat in a park randomly or in my case you need to eat on a six-hour drive uh, which we actually did and we ate factor meals in fact I had I think the mushroom risotto which was excellent like surprisingly delicious and each week you get 35 different options to choose from you've got keto calorie smart vegan veggie all that stuff it's the perfect solution if you're looking for fast but also upscale options done easily check it out head to factormeals.com slash bituation 50 and use code bituation 50 to get that's right 50% off. That's code bituation50 at factormeals.com slash bituation50. And taste it for yourself. I'm telling you right now, it's good. Yesterday, 25-year-old Aaron Bushnell of San Antonio, Texas, the active duty airman in the U.S. Air Force who set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in an apparent protest against the Israel-Hamas war has died. That identification made by Metropolitan Police here. Bushnell filmed his own self-immolation on his cell phone, yelling, free Palestine, before collapsing to the ground outside the embassy. He was rushed to the hospital for treatment, but later succumbed to his injuries. And if you or someone you know is in crisis, call or text 988 to reach the suicide aid. You know who's in crisis? Um, the people of Gaza are in crisis. Like... The, in the good on Andrea Mitchell for accurately reporting that it was a protest, but also in the immediate answer isn't just a suicide hotline. There was a purpose to this particular, you know, I think dying was secondary to making his voice heard, right? Mm. Um, as morbid as that might sound to some people, and he also wasn't the first person to do this. In December, a woman also self-immolated. She apparently has survived, although sadly we have not heard about her story until this story broke. These are two people. Um, lastly on this, though, Lance, is that there could be an angle here around how much someone like Aaron Bushnell 
an Air Force service member was involved in either aiding and abetting, you know, Israeli genocide. Um, this was Ken Klippenstein reported for The Intercept uh, in January um, that the administration has gone to lengths to conceal the nature of its support for the Israeli military. But the Pentagon quietly tapped a so-called tiger team to facilitate weapons assistance to Israel. And it also declined to reveal which weapon systems it was providing and which quantities, blah, blah, blah. But on top of that, and more relevant, um, on November 21st, the U.S. Air Force issued deployment guidelines for officers, including intelligence engagement officers headed to Israel. Experts say that a team of targeting officers like this would be used to provide satellite intelligence to the Israelis for purpose of offensive targeting. So, again, and we know from, like, whistleblowers who've done drone programs or or, or re resistors or conscientious objectors in wars past that often these covert operations are not we're not talking about them you know we're not you know the idea that the air force was involved in helping israel find targets inside of gaza that's not openly discussed so who knows what aaron bushnell himself was called upon to do who knows what he did he said i won't be complicit in this we don't know if his role as an air force service member actually uniquely implicated him in more of a direct role in this genocide Final thoughts on this? Um, I, I don't know. This is just breaking, but Ken just put out another story where I think he had done research into his background. He apparently worked in IT and did a lot of kind of like information and data filtering. So uh, Ken explains it really uh, succinctly where he puts it that this is usually unsung quote unquote heroes of some kind of aspect of the military apparatus who are basically responsible for ingesting and filtering through vast amounts of information. They usually have access to lots of information related to things like horrifying atrocities, war crimes, and stuff like that. Uh, while at the same time, they're not directly involved in kind of like the boots on the ground drill sergeant, like you've got to basically have one way of looking at the world and that is take orders, right? right? And so that creates a very unique situation where you have an individual who may become radicalized within the Imperial Corps or whatever you want to call it, within the actual military industrial complex working within it, similar to how people like Edward Snowden, for example, uh, became big leakers of information in a very similar position with inside the system itself. Right. Right. Or Chelsea Manning. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. And so many, um, and so many, yeah. And, and again, drone operators, and especially in, in IT and in tech, like you have access, like you're saying, to so much information. And you're also called upon to like get coordinates on so-called terrorists. Although who knows, given the kill rate that Israel's got. So, but thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, everybody check that, uh, Check out a new piece by Ken Klippenstein, what Aaron Bushnell did in the military. So he goes into it a little bit more in depth. Mm. But like, again, and but anyway, hey, rest in peace. That's let's leave it at that. And um, and let's stop this before we move. on. I mean, not before we move on. We have to move on quickly. Um, actually, you know what? Let's switch it up. Let's switch it up because I don't want to make emoji wait in the wings let's save our horrible person for the rest of the show and let's bring her in now um because uh i'm i don't want to keep people waiting um so let's see wait hang on wait, do i have your bio emoji reproductive rights activist on the marketing team at abortion access front and co-host of feminist buzzkills please welcome moji alawode l Hello. Hi, Francesca. Hi. Hi, Lance. How are you? Hello. Oh, my goodness. I realized I like forgot to bring my mic up close. Does this help? 
Yes. Yeah. You sound funny. great. You <laughs> yeah. look great. You've got you. an ab abortion necklace we in do. Barbie font. We do. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Um, <laughs> well, we. Why don't we just get right to it? Because I feel like the other, like the one of the biggest things happening right now is Republicans are scrambling. Mm. Um, they're freaking out because of this Alabama Supreme Court decision that ruled that uh embryos in you know uh that are frozen could be considered children people and that anyone who mishandles them could be liable for um uh murder effectively um and or or i guess a wrongful death of a minor so just like yeah child killing cool um because of course and moji before we dig into maybe this case the idea that the anti-choice movement would go for IVF and fertilize embryos or fertilize eggs was kind of always like on the back burner. Like maybe they will. I don't know. And then it was always pointed out. You know, I remember pointing it out. I was like, oh, are, so are they going to come for embryos? And then I think folks who are more in it like yourself were like, yeah, no, no. Absolutely. They, yeah. They on the list. So tell us about kind of the origin like that did this surprise you i guess is what i'm saying i mean it's sort of like the dobbs decision which you know <clears throat> which is what basically overturned roe it was it hurt when it happened but is it surprising for anyone who's paying attention absolutely not this is in fact fully part of the playbook so this be re still reading it where it's like oh wait alabama has decided that extra uterine embryos are children makes no sense, but it, it really is. This is not about children because that's not a child, right? If, if Alabama actually cared about children, they would have probably more robust paternity care. They would have a whole lot of other supports that would actually make children live better lives in Alabama. But this is about control. And this is also about establishing that fetuses or extra uterine fetuses or basically anything that may have two, have a sperm and an egg come together and call itself a something is a person and therefore it's one of the steps necessary to essentially outlaw any form of abortion. So right. I don't know even so much if it's about IVF per se, but it definitely is about control and it definitely all boils back to making sure that we understand that the fetus's rights are, are far superior of any person who can get pregnant. Right. Absolutely. And, and the case that brought this on from my understanding is that someone accident like mishandled some embryos they dropped were destroyed and the parents of those embryos um were pissed and like sued for it and i i guess under the wrongful death of a minor which now seems like they're trying to walk back like they're like this isn't about you know broader you know whether or not this embryo is a person this is just we just want to be you know be made whole by this obvious mistake but the supreme court was like no no, no that's a kid and in response, Alabama's now shut down, I guess, three IVF clinics yeah. um, or facilities. Uh, I say clinics as if they're still abortion clinics operating in Alabama. But yeah, do you know or can you tell us at all about like the state of reproductive rights in Alabama? I mean, I'm assuming this is we're just like we're on a six week ban, complete. Ban. Oh, no, they're not a six week. They're, in a, they're a full total ban. There's a full total ban in Alabama. Um, I was trying to figure out what their exceptions are. I would hope there's a life of the mother, but we haven't seen the the lines of like Texas women who have not been able to have miscarriage management come from Alabama. And I'm, that's probably just a little bit more research I need to do, but it's a full total ban. Yeah. Also, um, which six Alabama, weeks is also a full ban. I mean, let's six weeks is a full ban pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you can slip by that if you're really diligent, but most people it's a full week, it's a full ban. Right. But Alabama also 
criminalizes pregnant people or miscarrying people at a rate like more than double anyone else in the country. So Alabama is really all about fetuses and less about people who carry children, right? That's yeah. not anything that they have, they, they, they arrest people, they uh, put people in jail if they feel like they're like using drugs while pregnant. This is a thing about Alabama. They really do fetishize fetuses there. And so this is, again, not surprising. And this is, again, about control and not really about mm -hmm. a child, you know? The, I feel like I keep repeating the same things, but it's like, no, it's terrible in Alabama. It's not a good place. And I also, a, friend, a colleague said this earlier today. She was like, has anyone checked in on these families, right, who, who like just wanted to be made whole and are now looking up like, oh, the, the mechanism that we wanted to use to like extend our families is now possibly not available to us and other families like us who can't access this care in this right. state. Right. Yeah. Um, from what I saw there, they're like, we did not mean this to spin, like get this out of control. Um, but I guess too late and maybe we were already headed here once you enshrine like the rights of the unborn or whatever into yeah. everything. The Alabama AG says they're not going to prosecute IVF families or providers, but that doesn't really mean anything because another AG could come along and be even more psychotic and be like, no, 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 we are going to prosecute. I and the reason you would prosecute them is because people who have embryos frozen at some point, you just like dispose of those embryos because mm -hmm. you don't want any more kids or you were unable to get pregnant via IVF or whatever happens. In this case, what I've seen is that possibly you'd have to be paying for the freezing of those embryos in perpetuity if you didn't want to be charged with murder. Yes. Yes. And also Which I feel like we don't even know what the statute, like, like, let's say even the current AG is like, oh no, I don't want to, has said, I don't want to prosecute people. What's the statute of limitations, right? Let's right. like, you might destroy an embryo now. And then five, 10 years down the line, some new person is like, no, 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 that crime you did. We know what you did. Also, as long as rules like this, as long as um rulings like this are on the books, none of us are safe, right? None of us are safe. It, it sort of opens the door for all kind of similar rulings or all other things that continue to chip away at our reproductive freedoms and our reproductive rights as our, yeah. at our reproductive hopes. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So re Republicans are actually scrambling to fix this. They're like freaking out. Um, I believe the Republican led Senate is going to introduce something that like gives an exemption for IVF in uh, Alabama uh, explicitly. Uh, Nancy Mace uh, and other representatives in the House are like swearing that they're going to protect IVF, even though they've all signed this Life at Contra uh, Conception Act, Life at Conception Act, which has no carve outs for IVF. Um, now they're all freaking out. And a lot of them, including like Mike Pence and other Republicans, have like families thanks to IVF. Here's my question for you. And I kind of feel like to me, we all understand that reproductive like clamping down on reproductive rights is all about control of people's bodies that's pretty much 100 percent. and so the extra uterine embryo if it's in a lab or it's in a freezer it's like, like it's not fun anymore for republicans because like it doesn't come along with like a uterus to you know like control you're just like oh no 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 we just want to control the person having the unwanted kid or having the wanted kid um we don't care about the facility. Like, don't you feel like this kind of gives up the ghost that they don't really care about the child? If a fertilized egg is a child, they don't really care, but they only care if it allows them to, them to control people's bodies. 
Oh, 100%. It's absolutely another mechanism to control people who have, who give birth, right? Who care. But I don't know. I still think, I still think, and this is my personal opinion, that they still, like, this is still a big step in just enshrining that, like, a fetus is a person, right? That right. A, a collection of cells is a person and that they are do all of the rights um, of a living child, right? Yeah. Um, and and we see this in other states. Like also, Alabama's just taking it the furthest. But uh, yeah. I think in Georgia right now, you can get child support or a tax credit, and maybe it's tax credit, not child support, if you're pregnant. Which again, that's Wait. not. Yeah, that's a thing. Oh, okay. Because I'd be like, yo, if we get tax credits for like embryos, let I I would do it. Like, I'm hard less Like. That would, oh my god that's like uh no crying no swaddling diapers the just money tax credits just no tax college credits. fund just straight up tax credits for my embryos awesome. on these are my babies i'll have them right here i swear to god no i think you do actually currently have to be pregnant but you know they'll, they'll get around to it what I, just to go back to the beginning of your question yeah. though i think yeah. a lot of it is that a lot of times like conservative politicians think like oh we're for life we're for kids but they don't necessarily think through like the actual ramifications of these promises or these policies that they back. They just like how it sounds like, oh, we're 100% for life, for life. We're 100% for like children. We're here for the babies. But then kind of like even what ha what is happening with the Dobbs decision, right? What they maybe did not think through or expect were pregnant people miscarrying outside of hospitals, right? With wanted pregnancies or not, or finding all of these, these new things. Like, I think they didn't think it through. It was like, this sounds great for a particular part of the base, but the logical conclusion of their thoughts, I don't know if they think that far. Mm. I mean, Lance, please jump in. I mean, I'm sure, I don't know how many oh, eggs you. on ice you have. Yeah. Or how many, yeah. kids or how many, or how many yeah. times you've been pregnant, Lance. I love yeah. yeah. yeah I was, I was, I was going to assist mansplain this whole topic. I love it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, no. Well, I, I, I think the really, really wild thing about this story is that wasn't there a politician who was being interviewed and they were asking him about IVF and I think he thought it was something else. Like, I, I don't know if he's, he's like, yeah, life begins I, a flirtation kind of idea, but like, yeah, it was I think Tommy he didn't Tuberville. know that. <laughs> okay, yes. She was like, this is great. And he was like, yeah. oh, maybe I haven't read it. <laughs> yeah, and then like the, the question kept going. And they're like, well, what about women who are like trying to conceive? Like, this is to help people have birth. This is what you're this is your jam, right? Like, this is what you're supposed to be all about. Like babies, 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 sanctity of life, fetuses, fetuses. And then all of a sudden this comes along, like, oh, that's what this does. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, that too. Thanks. Yeah, that's it's all sin. Yeah, Tommy Tuberville. That was the man who uh remember was wasn't letting military promotions go forward because he yes. wanted to stop uh, service people who needed abortions from having any possibility of having abortion care. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. Which uh, is and, peach. and I think that's really interesting. It's also one of the reasons that like the right is now calling the military woke, right? Is because it's protecting the right for service members to get abortions um, and just basic health care, base, which is basic health care. Um, maybe we could watch that. I don't know if I hope. Tell me if you guys can see and hear this. Do you have a reaction yeah, to Alabama Supreme Court ruling on the fact that embryos are children? Yeah, I was all for it. We need to have more kids. We need to have an opportunity to do that. <laughs> we need to have more kids. Right to do, but... IVF is used to have more children. And right now, IVF services are paused at some of the clinics in Alabama. Aren't you concerned that this could impact people who are trying to have kids? Well, 
that's for that's for another conversation. People need to have that. We need more kids. We need people to to have the opportunity to have kids. Senator, what do you say to the women right now in Alabama who no longer have access to IVF, who will not, as a result of this? What do you say to them? Well, that's a hard one. It really is. It's really hard. Uh, I swear to God, I think he thinks that they they meant IUD. I think that's I what think it was. Did. Yeah, I, I think that's what it okay, was. Okay. was like, yeah, no, get rid of it. Promiscuous sex. I was like, no, no. just like I support the IDF. You know what they need to do, and they need to go in there. <laughs> you know, I support. They they have the right to defend themselves. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. So I mean, and but like. Moji, you work on reproductive rights and 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 abortion rights. This is par for the course when it comes to the same politicians making these laws. I'm sure he's a signatory to the right to or life that begins at conception. I'm they sure. Have no idea how reproductive systems work. I mean, do you remember? Um, it was a I think a, a senator or governor. Uh, what's his name? Atkins, who said. Uh, he said a couple of really fun things, but one was like, oh no, if a woman is raped, uh, the body has a way of just shutting that down. Shutting that down, which is like, these people are making laws about a process that they don't even understand, right? Yeah. And, and they I find like witch powers exist or something. Where they're just like, oh, like what, what is well, going yeah. on oh, here? My gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Or an abortion is a is witchcraft or, sac- yeah, or, or, or devil like sacrifice, that. Like, which is yeah, my favorite. style stuff, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, let me, okay, speaking of the overturning of Dobbs, and then I want to ask, ask about the election. Um, like, okay, what has pissed you off the most about <sighs> since, what are we, a, a year and a half or something from the Dobbs decision? You know, beyond, I guess, clinics closing or maybe the the clinics that have chosen to close down, maybe it's, I mean, there's a lot of different facets to the ramifications of, you know, the Dobbs decision and effectively overturning Roe, but I guess maybe something that surprised you or something that's kind of the an undercovered story or, or are you feeling more hopeful because of just how aware and just how angry, let's say like red state women are, but let's tell me. That is such a tricky question. Cause the question is like, what am I not, like, what am I not upset about? What am I yeah. not unaware of? I think, I think seeing the ways that people, even places that are a little more red have been willing, have always, I mean, at this point, every single time abortion ends up on the ballot, even in places like Kansas, people step in and say, wait, 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 we can't completely outlaw, right? We can't take it out of our constitution. So um, knowing that has been nice to see. I've been working at AAF for, um, a very quite some time not a very long time but quite some time over like eight years and seeing the sea change from people being unwilling or uncomfortable to say abortion to people like um being more willing or more excited to say abortion and talk about their abortion stories i think that is something that has been oh you asked about the bad that is something that's been good that's come out of the dobbs decision the bad is so innumerable, right? Like from the day of the Dobbs decision and actually even before when Texas instituted SB8, the suffering that people have had to endure, not just people who wanted to end pregnancies, but people who wanted wanted pregnancies and realized that for whatever reason, their pregnancy is not viable or not going to work for them. Knowing we hear a fraction of the stories in the news of the suffering that people are enduring in states that have restricted abortion, 
But what we don't hear is probably a whole iceberg worth. Um, and so when I just think about the level of suffering that is um, preventable, right? It's not like doctors don't know how to do these positions. It's not like the technology doesn't exist. It's like doctors know exactly what to do. And it is legislators, it is politicians that are keeping them from giving people the relief that they need. That is overall, I think, what hurts me the most. Yes, it is the most um, government in your business, the most violation of privacy, the most bureaucratic way of and the, of the most healthcare. my God knows best. Right. These are all this is all pushed by a narrow uh, understanding of one particular religion. Right. There's not other faiths that are out here saying like, oh, yeah, Jewish people, we don't do this. Muslim people, right. we don't do this. Atheists, right. we don't do this. It's a narrow sect of Christians, <laughs> not even Christian all nationalists, Christian mm -hmm. nationalists that are saying that the way that we understand our religious text is the way that everybody needs to live, right? It's yep. not, it's not like we have a consensus. We actually know that abortion is broadly popular in this country. It's always been broadly popular in this country. It's about like 60, 70% of people believe that abortion is, should be allowed to people at most times. So and that's across the country, right? Mm -hmm. What we have is a problem of a specific group of people who are very empowered and have further cemented their power with gerrymandering mm -hmm. that leads to us all having to live with a minority opinion. Yes. One, I mean, look at Alabama, right? Like, I mean, I think this case in point, you know, there's there is these just like these state legislatures are completely overrun with Republicans and they're to say nothing of their courts. Um, but I think the cruelty is is a layer I wasn't expecting, but maybe should have been. You should have been. Um, right, yeah, like, <laughs> and I think the cruelty for people who um, just want reproductive, they want reproductive care, right? And they are forced to watch their children die in their arms because they're forced to have a non-viable pregnancy and carry that to term. I mean- well bleed out in the parking lot, right? Or bleed because out they lot. can't get the, the care that they need, then the care that doctors are, are fully equipped to give, they're just not allowed to. Yeah. Also, the cruelty is not new, right? We are talking about the cruelty post-Dobbs. Before Dobbs in Alabama, you had a 48-hour waiting period. There were all there were all these carve-outs so that you can't pay for it in ways that make it accessible to people who are not wealthy. They had a judicial bypass and they would um, appoint lawyers to represent the fetus with children who were pregnant oh my god <laughs> so like oh that's alabama god. right in like 2014 <laughs> when roe was very much the law of the land the cruelty is not new what we're seeing is the cruelty expanded and um and not defying constitutional norms right but they're all expanding their like you know state school lunch programs moji so we know they actually do care. oh wait no no <laughs> They've completely. You're talking about Minnesota. It. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, one state. Um, let's let's turn to the election because we know like women in red states are mad as hell. Uh, Republicans are not really running on their so-called success in um, stopping people from exercising their free will uh, when it comes to abortion. Like, what do you make politically of how Republicans are using this? And and also the fact that like Donald Trump behind the scenes is saying he supports, what is it, a 16 week ban, federal ban, but he's not campaigning on that. He's not openly saying that. So what do you make of them kind of running from their record? And do you think it's going to screw them in, an, in elections? So they're counting on people not remembering the things that they've said 
or they're counting on people um, not paying attention or they're counting on people not having abortion be their primary issue, which right. it is for me personally. Um, and I, it's not just red state people, right? Like there's no safe states in this country with a conservative or Republican president, we could have a national ban. Truthfully, with the MIFI ruling that's coming up, we could have some version of national ban on MIFI by the end of this year, right? By the middle of this year. So there are no safe states. And I think that Republicans have realized, again, that their policies are broadly unpopular. And in the local level, they're counting on the gerrymandering, right? When you're really yeah. gerrymandered, it almost doesn't matter if most people disagree with your policies. You just need to appeal to the base that you gerrymandered to focus on. On the national level, I'm so worried, Francesca. Yeah. Like, I am so worried because I think that people, I, I, I watch, I watch and live, well, mostly listen. I listen to podcasts. I read the news all the time. This is what we do at AF. I am fully dialed in on like what's happening in the world, but I think a lot of people aren't really paying attention, aren't really thinking through the practical ramifications of, what could happen in a Republican presidency? Yeah. Um, obviously, Biden's also not going to save us. <laughs> like yeah. He's he's had almost two years to give us some relief from the Dobbs decision, and it seems like it's not that important. I don't know if that's the holy grail for what will pushes up unpopularity onto us or what, but. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like Biden only like knows how to run. No, no, no. I think it's good. I mean, I think that I think it is fair to say that there because it had been such established law. And I think people that weren't mired in the or who weren't affected by the ways that Drow had been chipped away at for, you know, years and years before the actual Dobbs decision came down, that that folks were kind of largely tuned out for it. And I would argue, I mean, even some of the mainstream um, you know, reproductive rights, abortion rights organizations were not doing, I guess, a good enough job at really lobbying and or making sure they had like supportive, a supportive base that was aware, blah, blah, blah. But you're right that, yeah, Trump will pass a federal ban. It's like also our media, though, because I feel like every time abortion wins in the ballot, the media is like, oh, my gosh, people still care about this. Right, right. <laughs> You're, you're like every damn day. We're like every we, this damn is day <laughs> at people's lives haven't, haven't all the time. Have you seen a lot of success in America, though, in places that you would otherwise think were really red? Having some elections, like in Kentucky, for example, where abortion was a driving factor, like it actually Absolutely. was getting people out to the polls. Absolutely. Or maybe would you would you say that there's like an uh, maybe an un, uh, unassumed amount of anger that the Republicans are miscalculating in that regard? Because like the the midterms were supposed to be the the red wave and all that kind of stuff right but it seems like what a big driving factor was in a lot of different areas seemed to be just the loss of uh, bodily autonomy really does mm -hmm. galvanize people it does you know? and i think and abortion is a winning issue i absolutely do believe that i absolutely agree with everything you're saying lance i also feel like sometimes if you are not uh either those of us who consume media uh, voraciously news voraciously or a person who is uh, imminently dealing with the fallout of these bans, sometimes people just forget. 
(laughs) that they have the power to be to impact them in other ways or sometimes people forget that like abortion is an economic issue right so they're like i'm worried about the economy and it's like well if you're forced to have children that you're unable to support that's an economic issue if you're forced to pay for additional health care because the basic abortion health care that could have helped you in your crisis moment is out of reach because of politicians that's an that's an economic issue and so i think that a lot of times abortion is sort of divorced and this happens even in medicine from being just a part of a wholesale healthy electorate. Uh, And this is a media problem. This is a messaging problem. This is as much an individual problem as it is the Democratic Party. And I think they're trying. But also, I think for the last couple decades, Republicans have been running on um, pro-life, pro-life, pro-life. And Democrats have not at all in any point been like uh, pro-choice, pro-abortion, pro-reproductive rights. And so I think that in the last two years, there's been a forcing to relearn how to flex that muscle. And it's like, but with Democrats like these, (laughs) I mean, we have Nancy Pelosi who, I mean, she obviously is not the speaker anymore, but you know, up until in 2016, she was still like, I think you can be a Democrat and be, you know, against, uh, choice and you're like oh excuse me no I'm sorry our current democratic front writer has recently said something to the tune of abortion on demand in a weird way like in the last he was he was giving this yeah he was giving a speech <laughs> I think at a Catholic uh, assembly or something like that he oh, was boy. talking about how like abortion should be rare uh and, oh, that, and legal and that, that, that old yeah, yeah that old that old, line, you know, that that old, old yeah, legal stigmatizing rare. trope yeah. so I yeah. think that we that that progressives, Democrats, don't know how to use this, don't know how to talk about it, and we're trying because people are mad and people are seeing the the terrible outcome from these abortion bans. Um, but there's much more to be said, and there's so much more to be done. Can you what about t- reframing tell me- it as? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. I was going to ask, what about reframing it as forced birth, as as in like the the other side is trying to force women to give birth, or in this case in Alabama, not be able to give birth against their will. Right. Because that's essentially what's being done. Yes. And please tell that to your local politicians. <laughs> and, and, and actually, I've been really, you know, because forced birth is something that like abortion AF introduced me to like that term, including the term aunties, including the term Miffy, which now right. I'm using all the time. Yes. Um, but it's short for Mifepristone, right? <laughs> which is the first drug in the and in the abortion, abortion pill, pill regimen. Right. And then it's so what's our is it miso? Or are we going to shorten Mis- Mise. It is. It's Miffy and Miso. Absolutely. When Mise. I, I did, oh, I'm I wearing my abortion necklace, but I was going to wear my Miffy and Miso necklace as well. Very yes, cute. I love yeah, that. Yeah, if yeah. I yeah. if I um, am forced birthing twins, I will name them Miffy. Miffy and Miso. Those are excellent names. I love it. <laughs> um, Miffy and Miso Fiorentini. Yeah. <laughs> Miffy Fiorentini. That actually really works. Um, scary but what can biden like what should the biden administration or the biden campaign be saying right they are rallying trying to rally folks around them at around abortion rights as if like they're their last holdout (laughs) what what should the biden i have a list yeah please (laughs) because basically they're they're saying and this is what happens is the republicans lower the bar and then democrats say oh we would never lower that bar and you're like cool except the bar is here it is it is centimeters above where you say you don't want to lower it to like how about raising the bar how about making everything better and they don't seem to have a plan but maybe i haven't been following it as much is Biden talking about getting rid of the filibuster finally so we can, you know, codify Roe v. Wade if there is a Democratic Senate? 
going, you know, forward? You know, Francesca, I really wish I had the answer to that question, but I spend so much time looking at the the minutia of what's going on in states that I am not paying attention to the bumbling of um of uh, that person just yet. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, like I listen, I skimmed Project Twenty Twenty Five, and I have no doubt what we can't have, but yes, I yes. think right now, yes. like I have no words, right? Like say abortion, talk to people who have boots on the ground, who are out here. There is a, well, well, I talked about how like Democrats, um, Democratic politicians maybe don't have the words or the language. There are activists who have been on the ground, including my org, but lots of other orgs as well Mm -hmm. that have been on the ground for decades who have a wealth of experience. And you know what no one's saying they're doing? Being invited to talk in spaces to really help talk about how to address this. Yes. Yes. Listening to them, listening to like demystifying it, stop making it such a weird, like, you know, um, yeah, like a bad word. And I think that's something abortion AF has done really well. And I think the other thing you guys always talk about is supporting all pregnancy outcomes and how clear is it that abortion is healthcare and abortion is reproductive care than what we're seeing now where people who want to be parents are, again, like you mentioned, bleeding out in their cars because they're not allowed to get a DNE or a DNC to safely um, not be pregnant anymore. And it's like this, these are family values. Abortion values are family values. 60% of people who get abortions are already parents. Um, or grow on or go on to be parents, right? Like it's right. just it's just a step in one's reproductive journey, right? right? And it's we don't all take the same steps in our reproductive journeys, but abortion is one of those steps that is not exotic. It's something yes. that is extremely common in one's reproductive journey. And it doesn't mean that you don't have kids, it doesn't mean you won't have kids. It just means that at this moment, that is not the right choice for a person. And that should be honored at any time by anyone yeah. who needs it or wants it. Yes. And so you have a so okay. Let's say Biden reelected narrowly if he makes it to November. Um, what's the plan? Like, what do you like? You're an advisor. What what the hell? Oh, I'm an advisor. Yeah. What do we do? <laughs> oh, do do? oh my gosh. Well, step one, we are going to pillage some things from Project 2025 and figure <laughs> out what these mechanisms they were going to use to outlaw abortion and use it to actually really strengthen things. We're definitely going to get Comstock off the books because Comstock is the latest Trojan horse that, um, <clears throat> what is that? Comstock is, is an act from 1864, I believe. Um, Comstock was a postman. And essentially the Comstock Act is what is basically makes it illegal to transport to mail, sorry, to send lewd items through the mail. And it is something that has been ignored for some time. Mm-hmm. But right now, um, anti-abortion activists are trying to use it to say, well, abortion pills cannot be sent through the mails. Or right. items used for surgical abortions cannot be sent through the mail, right? Because they're not all manufactured in the states that people can have access to abortion. But if you say that those can't be mailed, how do you get them to other states? And actually, in the Miffy case that is before the Supreme Court right now, uh, I was recently asked to look at the Comstock Act and use it to um, nullify the usage of 
the abortion pill. And in the last few years, the abortion pill has become who sent like a be- dildo in 1863. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like who, what, what happened? Like, how was it? This I don't know, but Constop collected them and brought them to the state house to say, we can't send these. That is actually what he you did. You could put that in your butt. You could put that in your that butt. Is, you in could put fact, that in what he butt. did, he collected, he did, he collected I dildos that, that were sent butt. in the mail. And he said, oh my uh, God. Don't put this in your butt and don't let people <laughs> mail it to places to put it in your butt. So also anyone who's Damn. like bought a vibrator offline off apparently is violating the Comstock Act. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, they would love know. that. They, and they would... so this is this book again, this rule again is over a century old. There have been so many opportunities where Democrats have been in power where they could have just removed it from the books yeah. and no one got to it. So I think that yeah. there are a lot of these sort of zombie laws, zombie rules. And as people saw the Dobbs um, decision coming years before progressive states started removing zombie abortion laws from their states, Illinois, New York, a lot of states just said, oh my goodness, Roe v. Wade happened and it just nullified this abortion law. Let's get rid of it so that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, we don't automatically have this Right, that you have to be married in order or something like this. Or Or your husband has to sign on or just that it's illegal. And so- um, there are a lot of things like that that exist in our federal statutes. And so if I was uh, in any power in our uh, progressive government uh, that doesn't exist, then I would absolutely be like, let's comb through these and not let these weapons just lie in wait. Speaking uh, of weapons, how were dildos made in the 1860s? <laughs> I love that you think I'm a dildo historian, and yeah, that's well, fantastic for me. And I will work on that for the next time I'm on this show. I will bring a detailed account of how dildos are made. I'm assuming wood. I don't know. Yeah. Did it have plastic? A lot of <laughs> did, did it vibrate? Was it just like a bunch of crickets in a thing? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crickets in a hollowed out. Yes. I love that. They're just yes. popping around. It's, yeah. Grasshoppers in a in a in a bag. I I don't know. Comstock, more like Comstock. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But yeah, I'm confused. Um, so any final thoughts, you before we let you go? Um, final thoughts. Everybody, vote always. Do what you can to support undoing any sort of gerrymandering in your space. Because a lot of times, I just want to say that the reason that Dobbs happened, um, and the reason that any law really get to the Supreme Court is because one state decides to pass something that is unconstitutional and then it winds its way through the court and then that becomes law of the land. So one of the yeah. things that we need to be worried about in something like this Alabama case is that the Alabama deciding that extra uterine embryos are children is that an appeal could happen. It could run through our very conservative judiciary and make it to the Supreme Court. And then all of a sudden nationwide, embryos are children. And so we need to make sure that these things are stopped at the local level or just don't even exist at the local level. And so if you're not a voter, vote (laughs) in your local elections, because that's a lot of what matters. Mm -hmm. And if you can do anything to help with redistricting or just undoing gerrymandering in any space you're in, do that. Uh, That's my final word on what we can do to, to move change anywhere. Yeah, That's one of the ways that we can floor the floor of getting involved is something yeah. like that i lastly i just want to ask do you feel like people are yeah aafront.com.org i apologize <laughs> but i just want to do you feel like funding is drying up or do you feel like it's still there for abortion rights organizations and is that 
You know what I'm saying? Like, is it suffering a broader, progressive, fun, dry spell around I funding? I think that when the Dobbs decision happened, everyone, and this is really just speaking more in individuals, everyone was mad and fired up and throwing their money at mm -hmm. abortion rights. And I think some of that is still happening, but I think it doesn't have the passion that it did. I think that right. also we have individually, we have fatigue at things, right? Like we haven't solved this problem yet. <laughs> yeah, no. And I mean, I think the other thing is like, we knew this was going to happen. As soon as Trump was elected, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Look, the, the Women's March was about this. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about Trump. It was about body, bodily autonomy. It was about reproductive rights. It was, and it was Absolutely. also widely like, if you guys, obviously, you uh, if you weren't at a Women's I was March, I was right, there. I was there. Yeah. like the most intergenerational, multiracial, like multigender, like a lot of women, but a lot of dudes. It's just like, it was great. I mean, and and the best part was that Hillary Clinton wasn't there in 2016. Oh, my favorite part. Anyway. However, if she had been president. <laughs> exactly, exactly. However, I would have wanted president. her to be president and not at the march lamenting how the fuck she lost that. Um, but Moji, you're wonderful. Everybody check out abortion, AF, uh, aafront.org. And check and out our podcast, Feminist Buzzkills. More importantly, Feminist Buzzkills with Moji and Liz. All right. All right. Thank you. Moji, Take it was great care. to meet you. It was great to meet you also, Lance. I'm going to come back with, um, some more deets about the, those vibrators soon. Please Thanks. do. I mean, Thanks. on the fly, crickets in a bag, like, come on now. That's like... <laughs> That's creative <laughs> masturbation right there. Um, oh God! All right, we have. We, let's move like, on. Can you segue from there? <laughs> you let's gotta, segue. You're, you're, you're pro. Speaking of crickets in a bag, um, Chaya mm. Raichik, who is uh, the head of an account called Libs of TikTok. If you don't know what Libs of TikTok is, it's basically a vehicle for transphobic doxing and fear mongering. And uh, this um, human. I think, uh, sat down with Washington Post reporter Taylor Lorenz, uh, whose beat is basically the internet. And the reason that this matters, that this interview matters, is because it happened the same week that a non-binary 16-year-old uh, named Nex Benedict was jumped and beaten in an Oklahoma high school um, and then the day after um, died. Uh, now, the coroner, I guess, has said that it wasn't necessarily related to, or the, excuse me, the police have said it's not related to the beating that Nex um, suffered the day before, but I think I think we're still waiting to hear officially. Although Lance seems to have a lot of breaking news. Um, <laughs> now, the reason it's tied to Raichik and Libs of TikTok is because Raichik was actually hired by the superintendent of the district in Oklahoma to monitor woke activities in quotes, books in the libraries, teachers who were gay, and lo and behold. Reichick successfully got one of the teachers who was non-binary, who worked at Nexus school, fired uh, for nothing, didn't do anything, just uh, they were non-binary. So, of course, uh, they're touching kids. Um, so that's did the tweet that out. She said that they were fired for grooming, just, just so we're clear. Like she once again did that thing where she slanders or libels LGBTQ plus people by saying they're queers or child abusers or pedophiles. She did that in this case for that teacher. Just, yeah. yeah. Of course. Of course. So... Now, Taylor's been following Chaya, so there's a lot that I want to, there's a few clips I want to get to, but number one, let's talk about Next, because that was the biggest thing, was like, how does Chaya Raichik feel about Next, this person who is in a school district where, yeah, they've been going after trans people like Next. Um, take a look. 
How do you feel about Nex's death? It's very tragic. Uh-huh. It's horrible. Do you believe Nex should have been allowed to receive gender-affirming care? Uh, she should not be allowed to go on irreversible puberty blockers or get sex change surgery. So just right off the bat, um, oh, it's horrible. It's terrible. Um, and then uh, misgendering right there. Um, uh, calling them she uh, and then saying, yeah, no, I don't believe that they should receive any kind of gender affirming care um, or whatever Chaya understands as gender uh, affirming care, because a lot of the like non-reversible puberty blockers, a lot of it is reversible once you stop puberty blockers, you idiots. But anyway, now that is so that's the initial, not the initial, but those were her thoughts on next. And Lance, I have to say that she's talk, sitting down with Taylor Lorenz and two things are immediately upsetting to me beyond the fact that this woman is a fear-mongering a-hole uh, and has single-handedly contributed to trans people in this country being less safe, um, I don't know, by however much percent. Two things. One, she's in Los Angeles. And apparently she lives part-time in Los Angeles. I live in Los Angeles. And I understand this is a big city, a lot of transphobes in this city. Bitch, really? You here too? Really? <laughs> really? Like, you're in a blue state. You're in a crime-infested, homeless encampments. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this, she spends time between here and Florida, I guess, and then occasionally, I guess, visited Oklahoma once, where she's an advisor to the superintendent. And then number two, she's wearing a T-shirt of Taylor Lorenz crying. So <laughs> she's openly wearing this. Now you're laughing. What do you like? I saw like Tim Pool, right wing, you know, commentator idiot was just like, oh, it's such an own like, uh, like, oh, yeah. The cope is really strong. Him, all the right wingers made videos about like, oh, Taylor Lorenz got so embarrassed. It's so hilarious. And I was like, this objectively just, uh, you know, from someone who watches a lot of people on both sides of the political spectrum was a disaster for Hyde Reichick. Uh, it was an hour long, and Taylor Lorenz answers every single question honestly. Like, the whole thing, if you just want a summary of the, the hour, I think Hyrychek thought that she was going to get a gotcha. She was like, this is going to be uh, a big own. I'm going to wear a, a face, a picture of you crying from an interview that she did where she said she was getting a lot of harassment and abuse online. I got that photo of that face on my shirt, and it's going to be hilarious. And I'm going to flip, I'll do like the Erno, the, sorry, the Uno reverse card, right? So every single time, uh, like, Taylor Lorenz would be like, so it's really messed up don't you think that if you put someone on blast, say a nurse, doctor, a children's hospital worker, and then you put their address, if they get death threats, bomb threats, or perhaps violence enacted against them, and she's like, well, what do you think about all the death threats and bomb threats that I get? And she's like, mm -hmm. oh, I would, I, would, I would condemn them. Just like right away. It was that over and over and over. She would be like, well, what do you think about this? And be like, oh, yeah, no, I think that's bad. And so it looks ridiculous. Well, after a straight 30 or so minutes of this, obviously, like, I know I know a lot of people who are upset with the very idea of platforming someone like Hire Right Chick. I think, unfortunately, people like, you know, Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, Glenn Greenwald have promoted uh, the reach of Libs of TikTok to such a degree that it is a genuine danger for the LGBTQ plus community and specifically for trans kids. Like, yeah. she, her work makes their lives scarier, makes their lives yes. harder and, and and contributes to a lot of factors. The the You can look at study after study study all the, the 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 things that are associated negatively with being trans at a kid such as depression anxiety or suicidal ideation 
all disappear when cis folk, you know, start not acting like assholes. Like that, that mm -hmm. is the factor. It's societal stigma. That's what makes their lives harder is people treating them differently or not, you know, misgendering them or, or all that kind of stuff. So higher right chick does a lot of real world damage. And there are countless examples. There's actual news articles that show when you do this thing that you do, you take publicly available information, or sometimes it is just like, this is a, a, a video of a doctor or a nurse. You then say that they're a child rapist, a pedophile, a groomer, and, and then you tell everyone, all your fans where to find them uh, and then you add they're coming for your kids that's just their tagline right they're coming for right. your kids they're coming right. for your kids news articles that come out that show that these specific children's hospitals get inundated with bomb threats and death threats right so that's why this is like th these are acts of terrorism that are committed because you put a target on the back of like again like uh, it's such a are we the baddies moment like children's hospitals educators nurses doctors like generally no, no. Very she is the baddie and people. she knows she's the baddie like and i don't give a, f a fuck that i mispronounce her name chaya haya i don't give a haya hitler that's what i want like to call her oh wow um, <laughs> she's i mean come on like so and you're to your point that's exactly what she does throughout this oh she's a fascist i agree she's a fascist this is what she does throughout this interview is spinning it around on Taylor Lorenz, even though she ultimately does not end up on top. Taylor is an incredible interviewer um, and completely crushes it here. Case in point of of whatever, trying to spin it around monster gal trying to spin it around. And then Taylor's like, no, no, I'm going to spin it back around. And what are you going to say to that? So here they are talking about whether someone should be held responsible for the kinds of violence that they incite of you know that they incite with their own fans and their own base oh i i feel like there's been especially on um my colleagues have done great reporting on sort of like this rift on twitter i know that you have a very conservative fan base and in your comments sometimes you'll see a lot of commentary about sort of the great replacement theory what are your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on that what are your thoughts on your common, your, the comments on your post telling me to kill myself? Horrible. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Obviously against that. Yeah. So would you come out and, c and condemn that publicly? Oh, I would condemn it any time. I'm against, you know, I'm against murdering anyone, of course. So you're against death threats against against me? I, yeah, I'm, I would, I'm a big, you know, as somebody that's dealt with a lot of online harassment, I don't, I don't defend uh, threatening to murder anyone. But I guess I'm curious, you know, because a lot of times it comes after an attack from the, in the media, like some, someone like you or another journalist. So are you saying that, like, you know, if somebody posts something and then attacks follow, that person should answer for those attacks? No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm saying that they, they people like you tell me that all the time. So I'm just asking if you think the same thing. And she said, yes, I do think that that's awful and that's bad. <laughs> like, like, this is a. I think if you watch nothing else about the modern right wing, this is the perfect minute to watch because it so explicitly shows the way that they do sort of the incitement of violence. They are the ones who are targeting, as we talked about, trans kids, teachers, nurses, anyone from the LGBTQ plus community, educators, Simply and for then existing. people for existing. And when they get hate, they want to claim victim status and they say, but we thought you, the left or the media, supported victims. Do you not support victims? And then the left's like, and the media's like, yeah, no, we, we do. And they're like, oh, okay, good. And then we say, well, but do you? And they're like, no, no, I don't. I'm just, 
I'm just using this as a talking point to get you to admit that I'm actually the aggrieved and not the person that I'm ordering hits out on. Like it is so perfectly encapsulates how they try to use like language they don't even believe in right mm. like values like protecting kids that they don't even believe in or pe keeping people safe um to say nothing of painting themselves as the victim yeah um, I, I think what's wild about this too is that like you can really tell that her and maybe matt walsh is another example of this they're so profoundly boring as human beings are so hard to listen to that they have yes. to be extra malicious and, and say the worst things and really go a lot harder than maybe some other of their contemporaries will but she becomes so popular who in their right mind thought this interview was a good idea like if she actually had you know like an aide or a handler who was sitting there they would have been like no <laughs> yeah. the answer she was saying because like it comes across as like have you thought any of this out do you even know the people you hate do you, do you know the people whose lives you actively make scarier or worse on a regular basis like do you get paid for this this is your job this is your career you have she an empire money. of bigotry she makes money right she yep. she used to be involved with the babylon Bee and seth dylan they were you know bank uh, front loading the entire thing and now mm -hmm. she's she doesn't she won't reveal why they they're not frenzies anymore either way like how do you not know your enemies? How do you not know the people you claim to hate? You couldn't answer very basic questions about like, well, what do you think about uh, cis uh, teenagers getting breast implants? That's that's a form of gender affirming care. What do yes. you think about men, you know, getting uh, hair plugs? That's a form of gender affirming care. Don't You don't care about these surgeries or these operations when it's for cis folk. You only care if it happens to trans people. And then she was like, oh, well, these are totally different. No, one of them is genital mutilation. The other, the other one is just breast implants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It is gender, absolutely gender affirming. And she also continues... She has no remorse for any of the death threats that she has helped to None. or the bomb threats that have been called in. She's asked explicitly about that. And clearly this this person has taken all the mirrors down in her home. Um, I, I also just think it's really like here was her response to like, what if you want gender affirming care because you're a happy person and it makes you feel better? This is her. I mean, really solid metaphor of a response. Taking into account all of the happy people that have transitioned, who are not harming anyone, you can't come up with a single material harm. So if someone says, I'll be happier if I'm blind, should a doctor pull their eyes out? Ooh. Gotcha. Gotcha. Got <laughs> no, you would pull your eyes out. Like, this is her response to the idea of like, there are happy people who have transitioned who are literally just trying to live their goddamn lives. In fact, most people, uh, what what do you say about that? Oh, I don't know. Like, it, it's just so bad. And then finally, Lance, I don't know if you picked up on this. I don't, I won't have to play the clip, but she's like, I just think gender is like made up and it's, and it's like, oh, that was amazing. Up. Yeah. And yeah, you're yeah. Like, so, so yeah. yeah and then she's like, and then, and then immediately she's like, because it was created by a pedophile. And I was like, <laughs> I think you're talking about Foucault. I think that's, I can't, I can't be sure about this, but I think that's what's happening here. And no, Foucault did not invent the concept of gender, but yes, it is the social construct. But the fact that you're just willing to use it as a gotcha, like it's, that, that's the whole thing. Well, right? she's like, no, I think it's made up. And then Taylor's like, yeah, no, it is a social construct. She's like, no, 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 it's made up. And you're like, okay, but, but that's a, well, by who? <laughs> by who? I think you're saying this. And so it's just like, like the whole and then Taylor's like, OK, so if we only just went by male and female, but people who presented as biologically male wore dresses, would that be OK? And she's just like, like she does not know how to answer that. Like, 
it, well, that's what, that was one of the best parts I think that Taylor Lorenz did is she tried to get it down to its core. What do you have to say to people who are happy, like genuinely happy? Like just, yes. just you know, entertain me for a second. Pretend that you know. I know you say they're all miserable, but what do you say about people who are happy? Why do you want control or ruin their lives, right? And there is no good answer to that because like it's just kind of like the same topic about you know women's bodily autonomy we were talking about before. It is ultimately about control, right? It is ultimately yes. about a thing I don't like, I don't understand, or is scary to me, you know. And I'm now going to oppress it however i can and it um, without but also but using children but it's even more disconnected like at mm -hmm. least with a anti-abortionists like there's like some i they can pretend that you know an embryo is a life or a zygote's a life or whatever but this is like you're, you're grooming children like no you're no no they're not they're living their damn lives but of course the people who i mean it's sad, obviously, that, you know, Taylor kind of owned her on this, but because she's usually used to just like talking or going after, you know, children. So right. that that squares um, here. Are kids in Oklahoma, Alec, 19, graduated Owasso High School. That's where next went to high school, said things became so dangerous in Oklahoma for LGBTQ plus youth. He has moved out of state. Um, then Evan Powers, trans kid in an Oklahoma high school, said he carries a bulletproof backpack along with books to use in self-defense. I'm quite honestly scared to go to school every day, says Power17, adding, I have been bullied by people that watch libs of TikTok. I mean, it's like dating. It's like young kids who are like, I found, a, you know, a, an Andrew Tate video on my boyfriend's phone or some shit. I feel like this oh, is a huge red flag. You huge know what I'm saying? Flag. Right. It's yeah. like these are these accounts that are like it might feel disconnected if you're not trans or you're not a trans kid in school. But like if you are libs of tiktok is like put a target on your back um and like you terrifying. said earlier oftentimes just for existing is the messed up thing i know like a lot of people try to downplay what libs of tiktok specifically does but it is actually very insidious that she has found a way because like i have nothing against if you want to put cringe compilation like you know uh liberal tears compilation watch the meltdown that's totally different than you saying this is a person trying to sexually abuse kids and all the person's doing is like hi i use they them pronouns that's the video in a lot of these cases right she'll upload yeah. those people try to downplay the severity of it but it has real world and dangerous consequences and yeah like those examples you pulled up they're very heartbreaking there's another one from an owasso student who used to go to the school who stated that they were sexually assaulted uh and they're trans men and someone sexually assaulted them trying to remove their transness through sexual assault at, at the school and they, they've given a video testimony to explain that this is the level of hatred that has been normalized by people like libs of tiktok and 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 like it's all a game to high as the other messed up thing like you were saying that she doesn't take it seriously she changed her twitter banner profile to bombs to the libs of tiktok logo made out of bombs and that was in response to the like the usa today article saying that there are multiple bomb threats being called to children's schools based on your quote unquote you know posts or reporting whatever you want to call it um it's like it's 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 one of those things where i love laughing at, at a horrifying fascist like haya and, and, and all that kind of stuff uh, because it is very satisfying but i think sometimes people don't realize the banality of evil like she seems completely boring and and you know vacuous and there's nothing really she doesn't even know what she's talking about but that doesn't matter she she has a network that is utilized by a lot of people who oh. do genuinely hate lgbtq plus folk and want to move them you know well, that's what, see, she likes to think she's just a troll. Yeah. But she's not. She knows, she's seen the impact. So here she is. She's putting the bombs in the logo and she doesn't, you know, she is trying to get around, you know, all the line of questioning because it's like, oh, I'm just an influencer and I'm just like, right? I'm just a troll. I'm just, <laughs> it's fun. It's yeah. not. You know exactly no. what you do. You 
rip people's videos. Someone's like, here's a drag show I was in, or here's a thing, or this is a school play or whatever. Literally rip people's videos. You post people's names, you post people's schools. You're getting hired by like, you know, the Oklahoma school board. Like what the he hell? He didn't know so why. She, she was asked, it's like, oh, so what yeah. are the qualifications? And he's like, what do you think the qualifications are? And then like, obviously Taylor Renz had, had to educate her on that. It's like, oh, I would assume that you need to have a background. <laughs> well, I was an educator. Yeah. No, yeah. this woman is vile, y'all, yeah. vile. I have words and thoughts I cannot even express. Um, but I wouldn't say them because I don't want her to feel like a victim because she is an <laughs> ultimate Karen and she will fucking cry. Big old crock tears. I cannot wait for that. I cannot wait for this woman oh, one, to become irrelevant. I'm so, I, 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 ooh, Lance, last, like I hate my heart, boy. I, got I, well, I was going to say one funny little crumb though, because you said Karen, her origin story is like the super Karen. It's the most Karen origin story of all time. When she was asked like, what radicalized you? Oh, uh, COVID measures, like masks, washing your hands, <laughs> mild inconveniences is what turned into a super villain. Like, I love the, the idea of washing your hands made someone a fascist. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I just, uh, I had no I choice. Like I like to smell mean. like ass. Um, no, it, 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 oh God, I can't even, I can't even. Meanwhile, Taylor Lorenz is wearing a mask, which is very funny because I think Taylor is very, like, still and good on her hyper aware of COVID, doesn't want to get sick, whatnot. I believe she's immunocompromised too. She's she's advocated for that before, saying that it's a, it's a, Perfect. a, a, a big, big risk to her, yeah. Good, good. I'm glad because they're both arguably wearing something that triggers the other one, right? Like <laughs> yeah, Taylor's wearing true. a mask, which you know, like, I mean, like, and they've talked like, Haya, whatever. They were like, oh, why are you wearing a mask? They're all freaking out. And then of course, Haya's wearing the photo of Taylor crying. That's all we ever need to talk about uh, when it comes to this um, vile ass um, fungi. Mm -hmm. Speaking of cordyceps from the uh, the clickers from The Last of Us, she's a clicker. She's a she's a human clicker. Have you or, have you been playing the game or watching the show recently? You got, well, so you got I Last watched, of Us on the brain. Well, I watched the show recently. Mm -hmm. I did, which is good because the next season's not going to come out for forever. And then Matt, mm -hmm. my husband, keeps on me like, "You should just watch me play the game." And I'm like, "I'd rather <laughs> die." <laughs> I'm the same with my partner. <laughs> like, yeah. just, just, you got to watch the game. The game's so good. <laughs> no, I know. And it's like, I get it. But also, I'd rather die. And then I kind of make fun of it while we watch the show, which is fun, where I'm like, oh, this is the part where they freeze. And then a really long block of text comes up. And you have to, like, read it. And they're like, oh, I've just here's backstory. And I found a weapon. Um, and he's like, oh, this part was so hard in the actual game. Like, I don't care. I don't I care. Love love <laughs> hey, tell him to follow me on Twitter, by the way. We're friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he bitch. never gave me. Yeah, I, know. I will. I will. Hurt, okay. Hurt me. We have one more segment. Oh, my God. I promise this will be quick because it was Black History Month. But was it considering uh, that Donald Trump just took a week? Just like sometimes he just goes he just goes for it. And um, he decides to, I guess, mock people to their faces and he was at um what was this it was a um conservative black federation gala um in south carolina and um look for all the things you could say about black history month it's a lot, often it can be performative there's a lot of corporate misfires you know to me it is really like it's hard to like i feel like post blm movement i feel this is just a caveat about Black History Month because we haven't talked about it and it's been Black History Month for all of February. I do feel like 
there is a corporatization and a co-opting that even corporations are aware of. And there's also like performativeness in political circles, you know, like I think, you know, Kamala Harris is going to be, um, you know, commemorating Bloody Sunday and all this. And like, like we do this every year and yet we still don't have like our voting rights enshrined and insured. We still don't, we still have gutted the Civil Rights Act. You know, we still um, like to say nothing of like actual prison, real prison reform or any of the demands that BLM put forward in terms of, I don't know, monitoring police killings of unarmed African-Americans. So it's just, it, I think, I think since 2020 Black History Month feels even more hollow because we sort of hit the roof of what our elected officials are truly willing to do for, to make black people whole in this country. Um, I mean, hey, reparations is always on the table. But back to Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump decided that he was going to be, uh, again, just just like, you know, see, hey, let's go full racist, see if they like it. Um, here he is speaking to this uh, conservative black federation gala. And he starts off by talking about how bright the lights are in the room. Good. These lights are so bright in my eyes that I can't see too many people out there. But... Uh... I can only see the black ones. I can't see any white ones, you see? That's how far I've come. That's how far I've come. That's a long, that's a long way, isn't it? Wait, what was the second? Was was he code switching? What's he doing there? What was that second? That's part? a long way. He's, he's basically, he is not only mocking black people, I guess like that he can only see them under the lights. And then he's like, I've come a long way, sort of admitting that I'm a racist. Uh, okay. And look at wow. me. Hey. I hadn't seen the one. I'd, I'd seen the other one. I assume you're about to play. I won't. I won't spoil it. Oh but. yeah, this is this is fun. So now he's decided that he is connecting to the black community in the United States because he has criminal indictments. Ugh. And then I got indicted a second time, and a third time, and a fourth time. And a lot of people said that that's why the black people like me because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated against. And they actually viewed me as I'm being discriminated against. It's, it's been pretty amazing. You did the crimes. You did the things. You, you did the things that you're in trouble for. That it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite of the thing you're saying right now. Absolutely. It's not unjust. It is 100% justified. Like, I mean, he might as well be saying suddenly they're treating me like I'm black, which is effectively what he wanted to say. Yeah. Um, except not because as you as you're saying, he did him. He's not just unjustly being, it's not a stop and frisk situation. Um, although he probably should be stopped and frisked to see. So here was um, Representative Byron Donald responding of to like this clear, blatant, in your face racism that Trump is just on full display, love it, hamming it up to, I don't know if you saw the audience, pretty white, like definitely conservative black Americans in that audience but also a lot of like more white people than you would want at like a black conservative gala. Um, okay. Here's Byron Donald. Congressman, it sounds like Donald Trump was implying that he can win black voters because they get indicted all the time too. Is that what he was saying? 
Well, I think it's in part of that. It's part of it, Kristen. Look, the, the, it was a great night, Friday night in Columbia, South Carolina. The president was really just enjoying himself. It was a great celebration for black conservatives across our country. But let's be very clear. Our economy is a mess. Our border is completely unsecured. These things are causes of major concerns for black voters like it is for every voter in our country. But then when you layer on the fact that, yes, this is political persecution from the Department of Justice and from from radical DAs throughout our country, this is something similar that black people had to deal with the, with the justice system themselves. And so their, their look of it is real simple. Well, dang, if the government's going after him with foolishness, uh, he can't be that bad, especially considering the fact that Joe Biden is terrible at his job. So, so he's basically saying the exact, he's doubling down on it. Yeah. Yeah. If they're going to go after him. They can go after, you know, us, even though they already do for like, you know, uh, ridiculous things and, um, you know, tail us. If they can tail him home for in his car, they're going to tail. What? Yeah, that's wild. He did the same thing when uh, his mugshot came out, Donald Trump. He was saying, like, uh, I saw these conservatives posting, like, oh, it looks like he just got the black vote and all this kind of stuff. I was like, I, are you implying for being a criminal? I'm just like, I'm so blown away at how normalized, like, the right has gotten with just, like, shit that, like, you know, a decade ago, people would have been rightfully calling out. Are you spreading the anti-Semitic great replacement conspiracy? That's weird. Are you saying you wouldn't fly in a plane because the pilot was a black woman? That's super weird and fucked up. This is like, this is just, you know, common sense, very old-timey racist shit, and now it's just normal again to be like, well, DEI though, right? Because right. CRT and racist babies, and so... The, but that's yeah. the whole thing about, like, diversity to the right. Like, they love diversity so long as, you know, women and people of color know their place. And their mm -hmm. place is also, you will be the punchline to every single joke. And if you can't laugh, well then, you're woke and you're ridiculous. And oh my god, can you take a We're being cancelled. Like, that is it. And it, it's like, in the real world, it's like, yeah, okay. If once we have reparations, once we have an end to redlining, once we have, you know, um, fairness in employment, once you have secured voting rights, I don't know, make a racist joke. You know what I'm saying? Let's see how <laughs> it goes, right? Like all things being equal, but that's not what it is. This is about like, Again, I love my little African-Americans. Where's my African-Americans? There they are. And he's just like, they're collectible That's good. items. That's pretty good, right? Um, yeah. You know what else is good? You, Lance, um, everybody, or you, tell everybody how they can find you. Follow your work. Uh, if you enjoy the sounds that come out of my mouth hole, please check out youtube.com slash the surf times. I also do uh, comedy and documentaries at youtube.com slash the surf TV. I'm on most social media at the surf TV that includes the TikTok and uh, that, uh, what is it? Hitler's bunker, the app, the, the, the one that uh, Twitter, Twitter um, on Twitter too. And uh, yeah. Oh my God. At the I just, TV everywhere. Uh, I just went to your channel and suddenly I'm seeing you doing four years ago, Stephen Chowder. Oh, that was that was a fun time. That, that was, was the... <laughs> dude. I've been working on an Andrew Tate. Speaking of which, so uh, we should we should link up, Lance. I hope yeah. this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship and crossover. Me too. Me too. Um, and you're wonderful. And thank you for being on. Uh, I, all the same things. I, what you said for a second time. Okay. Take good care, and you. You people out there, you people, you take good care too. And I'm going to read some of your comments and then fuck off in the night. Uh, Donald James, uh, thank you for being a member on YouTube. Says, I'll be there in Sacramento, Fran. You and Matt, hilarious. Hilarious. 
Oh, thanks. Um, I appreciate you. Yes, Sacramento, March 17th. Tickets, FrancescaFiorentini.com or PunchlineSac.com, I believe. Um, BcatK on YouTube with a little, uh, I have to put this up, a little uh, sunglasses emoji and an ice cream emoji. Biden when facilitating genocide. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, JL, thank you so much for that super chat. And then <laughs> Serge Heiko says, first CBD oil, soon Harry's Razors will come calling. No, really, congrats. You deserve more sponsors. Thank you so much. Yes, everybody, sunsetlakecbd.com, Frantifa, F-R-A-N-T-I-F-A, for 20% off. Um, I'm telling you, there's good stuff. And uh, Sunset Lake, hi, is in the chat. Uh, Lenny Power says, Sebe Day, homes don't get restricted, Fran. <laughs> I know, I should say Sebe Day. Yeah, I might get canceled. I very might well get canceled. Um, let's see. Lenny Power says, Fran and Lance are the oldest 20-year-olds ever. I know, crazy. Um, Robert, thank you for your super chat, says, face it, the science isn't there for Brave New World, and oligarchs can't agree who Big Brother would be, so The Handmaid's Tale it is. I think that's a very <laughs> cogent point. They are like, should I build my bunker, or should I vie for power? I don't know. Bunker, power. Um, Let's just control people's bodies. Um, Paper Dragon on Twitch. If women in red states are mad as hell, why do many of them keep voting the way their husbands do? I mean, we will see. Look, I have, I think there is a silent majority. And I think a lot of them are in, are women in red states. And I think a lot of them will be breaking with their husbands around the GOP. But that's me just being like, still believing, somehow believing in people. I don't know. Um, Jimmy Voss says, Alabama needs children to work the mines. Yeah. I guess. Are there mines anymore? Um, Jerry McLean, giving birth alone is a huge expense in America, not free. I know. I couldn't. I was like, yo, I was in and out of this hospital super quick. I Like, what? How much could it have cost? It was a lot. It was, I mean, it was way more than I thought it would be. Gary Cooper, Donnie said he supports a 16-week ban because that's four months, six four months 16 weeks is less than four months but nobody's asking donnie to do arithmetic of course Ugh. um del del sol verde on youtube hate crimes based on sexual orientation recorded their highest totals in the last five years and increased by 10 percent over the year 2021 disgusting doom cats says also purity blockers are not used exclusively by the trans ace non-binary community 100 thank you for reminding us of that um, used for all kinds of stuff and, and to, to deny people any of these medicines or, or, um, regimens or care, like, yeah, it, again, with abortion rights, it's the same thing. Transgender care, gender affirming care is healthcare. Abortion care is healthcare, period. Um, texture plunky says there's a box of box of masks on the table. Oh, in front of Taylor. Um, and blue room says there's even an extra day of black history month this year. Yeah the shortest month, but there's an extra day just for Trump to get in that in insane little racist tirade. And with that, guys, let's do it. Oh, man, I didn't bring up the fart song, but I'm bringing it up now. If you guys have not been subject to it, I apologize. Speaking of masks, get yours ready. Thanking everyone who's a patron at $10 or more, or at least the new ones. I will thank everyone later. I remember AMA tomorrow for all the patrons and members on YouTube. I'm going to figure out a way to post it on Twitch. Um, stand by. But until then, let's thank one with the fart song. It says, yay, Fran Fio, Basset Hounds running in slow motion or Corgi belly rubs. 
Corgi belly rubs for sure. Frank Morningtree, thank you for gifting a tier one sub to Mike Boy for Mayor. And Big Hoob, resubscribed with Prime a few days ago. Nemo, 1870 Dragon, resubscribe for one month of tier three. Thank you so much. Calm Like a Bomb did the same, 22 months strong. Patty Pagan, resubscribe for one month of tier one. Looney Tunes 9000 says, Great job on your leftist mafia appearance last night. Thank you so much. Resubscribe at tier one. I should share that on my YouTube channel, huh? I shall. Oh, crap. Oh, boy. Or are we done? I just wanted to thank Jonathan Cook. Thank you so much, Big Tipper, Jonathan Cook, and new patron at $10 or more, Preston Kroll. You're amazing. You're one of the sexiest people alive right now. Thanks to everyone who helps this show happen. Paige Omek, Maximilian Inhoff, editor Andy Vasoyan. We stream Tuesdays and Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Follow the show on all the things on Twitter, uh, at Bituation Pod, on TikTok and Instagram, at Bituation Room. And remember to fight the power, to fuck the patriarchy, to free Palestine, and don't just bitch about it, be about it. Bye. Mm -hmm.